This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayake. What's up, listeners? Welcome to Season 4 of Inspiring Design with Rashan Senanayake. This is where the best of the best brands, experts, change makers, and thought leaders come together to share their valuable insights, experience, and knowledge, all centered around the growth sector in advanced manufacturing within Industry 4.0, encompassing various industries, technologies, skills, knowledge, trends, as well as stakeholders, all the while linking it back into education, within schools and universities. In today's episode, we feature one of the leading minds in robotics, Dr. Corey Stewart. Corey is the founder and CEO of the Advanced Robotics Manufacturing Hub, also known as the Arm Hub, a non-for-profit company on a mission to digitally transform Australian industry. The Arm Hub specializes in AI, robotics, IoT, design and manufacturing, and collaborates with industry and research to modernize the manufacturing practice, building new manufacturing tech, commercializing R&D, and build workforce capability for today. So today we join Corey at their factory and makerspace here in Brisbane, Australia. Throughout her career, Corey has been a recognized leader in developing large-scale partnerships between industry, research institutions, government, and the community. Corey has previously held senior university appointments and government policy roles in industry development, the digital economy, creative industries, and innovation, just to name a few. So without further ado, Corey, welcome to Inspiring Design. All right, Corey. So welcome to Inspiring Design. Can we start off with a little bit of background on yourself? What's your story? Uh, my story is um, I arrived at doing the Arm Hub from innovation policy and government and from working in design and creative industries. And I came into the university um, building collaborations and I worked in across design and we have a partner next door to where we are here in the Arm Hub called UAP, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the world's best design-led manufacturing firms, and they needed some automation assistance. Um, and they really pioneered from going from a traditional manufacturing company right into an advanced manufacturing company. Um, and so many companies were watching that and they're thinking, gee, you know, if that company can do it, so can I. Mm. So over a period of about three years, we just, toured and worked with companies through their facility and eventually everyone said we just need our own facility we all need to be able to upscale and transform like UAP did so yeah. I did that project and then it was natural that we started building this bid and we built this company and and then it had to be led awesome. so it got me here and you mentioned you um, studied design can you tell yeah, us a little bit about I, that I'm early very early on I started in um, visual arts so my, yep. my earliest start. Um, so in that day, it was kind of a mix between fine arts and visual design. And I was at RMIT. Yep. Um, and then I did come up to Queensland, which is where I was originally from. Mm -hmm. um, and I sort of went into that policy, arts and cultural media policy, innovation policy, economic policy, and worked at different levels of government. Yep. So um, That's really interesting because you would have been applying creativity 
within a policy environment yeah. naturally just because of your training. So that's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Now, um, let's talk about the Arm Hub. We're obviously in this amazing facility. Tell us a little bit about who the Arm Hub is. What do yeah. you guys do? How did you actually found the company? Yeah. So that demand that came from so many other industry sectors, so manufacturers, but across industry sectors, uh, really signaled to us and uh, the research sector to we needed to fill this gap. Mm -hmm. So uh, the company was formed really with that industry driver and industry saying, yeah, we need an industry-based facility where we can come and we can test things, where we can access the experts, where we can, yep. you know, solve the problem. Um, so it did take us a couple of years. Um, we had to, you know, we raised $18 million to kick us off. Wow. Um, and we needed that, you know, uh, once you start running a facility of, of scale and then making sure our outreach was national. Um, of course, then having a really embedded part to play in the ecosystem here in Queensland as well. So yeah. um, it's an independent, not-for-profit company, which mm -hmm. is registered as a scientific organization and a charity. Awesome. It just keeps going. So that's brilliant. Um, anything that we make or do comes back into growing the company. Perfect. Mm. And I think that's really cool coming from usually a manufacturing sector. People think that it needs to be one for-profit businesses yeah. or it's the, you know, dirty, grungy, that's hands-on, that kind of thing. Mm. But this is actually transforming that image. So we'll get into those details mm. in a little bit. But um, we're obviously surrounded by tech, like literally yeah. the coolest tech we can find. And it's here local in Queensland and in Australia. So we've got some headsets here. Literally, we're working with VR, AR, uh, robotics in the background. Can you tell us a little bit about what are the tech you guys have right now mm. that you use almost on a day-to-day? I think the most common piece of technology we use here is collaborative robots. So not quite these big ones, although big robots can also be collaborative, which basically means they'll stop um, and they can't hurt you. So you can yeah. kind of engage with them and program them at will. But typically they're the smaller one. We have a whole makerspace um, over in that part of our facility, which has about six or so collaborative robots. And these robots um, allow you to test and trial things. They're very smart robots. Mm. So basically once you go and you test it and you've made an application, you can reduce the complexity and get a less expensive and a less complex robot and roll out a solution. Yeah. But these very smart collaborative robots allow you to test and trial an enormous number of things from like the range of data and the programs that mm. you can do. Um, the different environments and they're safe. Yeah. So they allow lots of collaboration um, to happen around whatever that solution is, yep. a lot of trialing as well. So that's probably the most common. Um, when we work in businesses, we find um, often the most common application is the augmented reality mm. because it actually just solves so many of those design to manufacture challenges. Yep. So rather than using a lot of paper printing, you know, going from the workshop upstairs and the CAD drawings, taking a whole bunch of paper down into the manufacturing floor and saying, yep. here, deliver this. Yeah, which is what normal people, like not, mm. when I mean normal people, like the, I think the workforce students, teachers that we're used to, we're, mm. we've seen it for 30, 50 years, I guess. So yeah. how does think, AR replace that? Yeah, it really allows um, all that designing capability to be sitting in your, your screen and your space. So it's yep. actually very complex for even the most skilled humans, if you're doing, say, fabrication, which is uh, one of the typical environments, to build something in 3D. You know, you really don't know the dimensions, but if you're able to um, put the goggles on and you can actually create it in 3D space automatically. So it really takes out the slug work yeah. of figuring out how to build something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with one of the companies we trialed um, doing a 
typical paper-driven process, CAD into paper down to the manufacturing floor. And then one was just CAD into, you know, headsets. Um, and it was, the job was completed and out to market before the papers were drawn up and put down to the manufacturing wow. floor. So, <laughs> and they, when they started that process, they didn't actually know which way it was going to go. They yeah. didn't know how difficult it is to create in, you know, augmented reality. Mm. Um, but the synopsis is that it is actually remarkably easy um, because that technology is getting better and better by the day. Absolutely. More precise. Yeah. And uh, they're kind of designed in a way to be plug in and play almost. Yeah. So if you're skilled in CAD and you can actually work with the applications, the softwares that you use, then plugging into this extension of a tool. Yep. It's actually much easier than I, I guess people can. Yeah. And see. I think what you say is really important. Like it's a tool, like a robot's and, you know, a modern tool. This is just a modern tool. So yep. what we're finding with, you know, the people who are working in their jobs every day, they're the experts. Like they really know how to fabricate things or they really know how to make things or set up systems. Like mm. um, they know what quality looks like. They know what needs to happen. So you're not replacing that. You need that. The yep. technology doesn't do all of that thinking. Yeah. The technology is literally just another tool to allow you to do it better, more efficiently, hopefully safer if there's a safety element. Yeah. And it might be more fun. True. Take all that, <laughs> some of the dull stuff out of it. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, these are the hardware applications that you can see. And then CAD is also something tangible. Are there other tech? And I think you know mm. which ones you're talking which ones I'm prompting at. Are <laughs> there like, other tech? Like AI. Yes. <laughs> the imaginary data space. That, yep. Oh, look, data is um, probably the greatest story to tell uh, about modern industry, like modern life probably, but I think about modern industry because what we're really doing at this time across the world, but very much here in Queensland, Australia, is mm -hmm. transforming companies from thinking about themselves as manufacturing goods and products yeah. to being data companies. Like they, yes, they might manufacture something, but when they manufacture their cake, it might be that there's data value embedded in the object. It might be their systems data says something. It might be that their customer data says something. Yeah. Um, and they might be able to derive value from that data. And then there's supply chain data. Mm -hmm. um, so this is where we're seeing um, companies having to go because industry is going there. So um, you can be a first mover advantage in understanding the value of your data and trying to do something with it. Mm. Or you can be just keeping it safe and starting to understand your own systems better. Yeah. Or you can start thinking about it. And this is where people typically start in manufacturing is thinking about the product and the data that might be informing the product or in the product itself, yeah. like artificial intelligence in some way. Um, but you're really thinking about that whole spectrum. And we don't think about it as automatically as we think about um, kind of making stuff with machines and mm. goggles because you can't see it. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. And how do, how do technologies like IoT devices and it's it's a it's a um, term thrown around and kind of becoming yeah. more and more mainstream simply because those technologies are now in built into products that we oh, exactly. almost use in our living rooms that sometimes people aren't even aware of it. How does IoT, for example, play a role in this? Yeah, well, IoT is is one of the core absolute core technologies that sit across manufacturing. Um, again, like many industries, um, it's a device that collects and mm -hmm. transmits data. Um, and that data can be collected to give you some sort of value. Um, and I think perhaps in manufacturing, you know, one of the 
rudimentary and but important ways you see it it'll be attached to some sort of physical process line and it's going to tell you is that machine doing what it should be doing is it shaking yeah. is it putting out as many objects as it should yeah um is it keeping humans safe for what they need to be safe for um it, it might be doing anything but iot that's you know, these devices having their independent transmitting and data yeah. capture capability. Now obviously, these are things like sensors or it yes. could be a manufactured product that, that might be an inbuilt AI system like assistance. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that I really wanted to ask you was about the technologies that we can see in the near future. Mm. It's obviously s someone like yourself who's in the forefront of technology. You use literally the coolest toys <laughs> in your day-to-day -day job. Um, so what are your thoughts on the tech that we can see in the future and what we can expect to see? I think clearly uh, the technologies that we're going to see are going to be infused with a much more sophisticated sense of AI and how we use it. So it's going to be faster with 5G. Yep. We're going to be able to move much more data around, um, interrogate that data. Um, part of that's always going to be about managing data risk. Well, I mean, we're really seeing that um, play out in the international landscape. Um, for every business now so that it's the risk and reward yep. with data and also um, being able to ethically use understand or explain AI will be a big part of the future like do we know how it's making a decision why did it make that decision is it the right decision how yep. can we confirm that decision I think this is something that um, mainstream will know about soon but it's certainly something that the land of research is trying to tackle for industry and for publics. The other kind of uh, toys here, which are really tools, but it's, you know, some people find them like toys, yeah. um, are going to be collaborative robots. So there's this vision of robots taking away the human out of everything, you know, blacked out manufacturing, mm. 24 hour operations, no human insight. Um, we don't, and I don't really think that's going to be the mainstay future in this next 10 years. The mainstay future in the next 10 years is going to be more about building tools that humans can use and have their own control over and expertise, but assist them with that job, do quality assurance on that job, ensure that um, works better. Um, it's going to be the, the tool that allows like a, a welder mm. to do precision welding of great quality without hurting their eyes and their back. Yep. There'll be the, the tool that allows people to get in confined spaces to fix um, paint or repair things. So we're still going to have all these jobs that humans are going to be a really important part of. Um, it could even be, you know, sewing up heart stents. Um, companies are manufacturing in, in very like small manufacturing environments. There'll be tools that help humans make those um, more precise um, and do quality assurance on them um, and you know help them grip it and keep it secure so these collaborative robots i think is where we're going to see the next phase of innovation around robotics yeah. and we haven't really seen them yet because in some of the technology we're working on now is how do you how does a robot tell you what it's going to do next like um so and how does a human tell the robot what it's going to do next yeah. so this being able to anticipate and understand like work collaboratively and genuinely together is actually um, a bit of forefront of technology that's coming into play. Absolutely. You're, I think you're right in saying the ethics side of things and the moral side of things of AI and those decision-making capabilities, it's actually the forefront of, I think, where this technology will take it to the next level. Mm. And um, I've seen, um, I think, news articles and, and some announcements about 
these leaders in global technologies like companies like Tesla even mm. doing things about if a car is autonomous and it actually has an accident, is that the AI's accountability or yeah. is it the person behind the wheel or is it something altogether? So it's very interesting actually. I think yeah, like who's legally responsible exactly. for it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think that's a like a lot of um, technology areas, it's often not the technology that's the challenge. Mm. Um, it's the the people, people are really complex. Yep. And then it's the legal systems, the regulatory systems, the supply chain issues and complications or, you know, exports or standards, all of this other work that sits around the ability mm. for industries to function at a high level. Yep. So we think about technology a lot, but I think the technology is often way out there. And that's why, the, you know, the, the hype curve goes right up and then you think, oh my God, look at all the problems. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, it come, comes back. There's probably a few reasons for the hype curve, but that's definitely one of them. And I think it's one of those things similar to when someone first invented, let's say, the knife. Yeah. You know, uh, someone with a knife could actually use that for unethical purposes, but at the same time could create a beautiful chef's cuisine mm. or um, use that as a tool to sculpt something really beautiful. Yeah. I think we're still trying to figure out where these tools mm. are fitting into the next, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And I think it's a really cool time. So mm. bringing it back into industry and one of the things whenever we think about automation, mm. um, AI, robotics is usually people think job losses mm. and the evolution of what's happening in industry four and replacing things and stranding people oh. in this I just Big don't issue. agree. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, look, uh, robotics really is about creating the future capability. Um, it's so I experience it every day here with the companies that we're working for. So yeah. um, companies put on an average about of three to eight robots. I mean, three to eight workers for every robot that they mm -hmm. put in place. So they're they're building their capability. Yeah. Um, they've got. They've got novel abilities, they're more productive, um, and they're more competitive, uh, and they're skilling their workforce. So you're, you're really going from having a workforce that is probably not used to using um, technology tools and just skilling them up into this future of connected and opportunity yeah. and tools. So it's creating those high value jobs and new jobs. So robots are really creating the jobs of the future, um, and it's really ingrained in us um it's i think it was like a popular culture thing right you know we we have been told that robots can be dangerous yeah. and we've seen movies <laughs> that robots are going to take over your life yeah. and we we want to fear them it's it's in our psyche mm. um and it's in the media hype cycle for a long time it's yeah. not going to go away this idea that robots take jobs yeah um if i was to get uh, really technical about it if we do not automate and implement robots quick enough and other technologies quick enough, yes, there will be job losses when you do implement because the, mm. the companies will die because they will not be able to keep up with Correct. Um, industry. So yep. um, the, the real challenge is to go fast. You know, as a nation, as a state, however we're framing it, we, it's about speed into a connected industry for global supply chains, capability building, and companies that don't manage that transition are unlikely to be able to compete into the future. Yeah. And there's no shortcut. Like you can't suddenly take a second mover advantage like some industries say, well, it's really great they invented that and I didn't have to invest in it because yeah. you know what, I'll just pick it up here. 
but the problem is you've got to pick up a whole workforce skill capability development. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's really important and we're seeing it over and over again. Companies really just need to get started, mm. um, start small, start somewhere real where you can see a win, bring your, your staff and your employees and your communities along with that transformation. Yeah. And it, and it works, but it's got this whole psyche behind it around, like if it was just getting a new grinder, no one would think, you know, I had this 1950s kind of grinder and it's a bit average. I just need to get my, you know, modern version of it. And it's probably a robot. Yeah. But it, people have this association now with robots. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's a matter of evolving the jobs and understanding that it's requiring a different set of skills. Yeah. So even though I think there's job losses, I think there's, I forget the exact stats actually, but I, I think it's for every job loss, there's about three more that's been yeah, created. Yeah, that's about right. Just about more skill sets that are relevant to the current time, current technology. So I'm glad that you're, yeah. you're, you share the same opinion. <laughs> so I think where we're seeing it like really practically is, um, so one uh, company has an expert Italian polisher. Um, they are the most skilled person at polishing. They're the ones who can, you know, they've implemented a robot um, to help them, but uh, they're the ones who set the boundaries to that robot. They're the ones who now know how to program that robot. And that person in that company now runs their robotic fleet, maintains yep. it, determines it. And that person was fairly young, had a sore back because it's a back-breaking job, mm. needed a robot. So they're still the expert. Yep. They just got a better tool. So they've also upskilled themselves from being, um, you know, using just manual, non-digital tools yep. into using a whole new suite of tools. So they've given themselves an entire new career. Um, so when we're seeing that, and that happen over and over again, so there's, there's new capability you can bring into a business, but there is an important part of upskilling and using the expertise you have in your businesses. Yep. So there, there's many ways to be part of the digital future. Love it. Yeah. And I think you framed that really beautifully, the digital future. Mm. So let's talk advanced manufacturing. Mm. One of the things that's very important right now, especially within Queensland, given that there are many, many industry sectors that fall within this mm. bracket, and I want to be able to understand exactly what that is, mm. how you guys fit in within the sector of advanced manufacturing mm. and going away from that perception that we had of you know, it's it's just about making the physical furniture items mm. or the big things that we're seeing around the world, like cars or things like that. There, it's much more more to that. What are your thoughts on that, and how do you guys fit into it? Yeah, that's a good question. The Arm Hub really is about widespread industrial transformation. We really work across industry sectors, so very clean environments like your biomedical and your medical, entirely you know small scale clean environments. Um, you know, right down to sometimes your your waste and recycling, which could be using, you know, algae and, you know, all sorts of other kind of off-cut waste and mm. recycling it um, using animals and byproducts, which could be incredibly messy mm. and incredibly smelly. So yeah. manufacturing is a very big space um, across a lot of industries. So what's so important about it is that it is the driver globally for industrial transformation. We have thought for so long about innovation and data capability that's you know fairly novel in the current century as being about apps 
Yeah. And um, those kinds of uh, environments where it's it's actually also about making things. And Australia had to really learn this. Mm. It was in, uh, you know, only 30 years ago where um, we had over 30% of our economy was actually manufacturing. Mm. And it was only this week it got announced we're right down to 6%. Wow. Now, even before COVID, Australia and the globe were in a race to figure out who was going to have the advanced manufacturing future globally. Mm -hmm. And they knew it was a race. And I would say that Australia was really quite slow to that race. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and the car industry going is, a, a, is sad, but also we, we less visible was the high value manufacturing you had in things like medical. Mm -hmm. um, we've actually been quite good with medical, but we really now need to get our race on. Um, and we really now need to band it together because if Australia is not making the high value products of the future, we're not going to be part of the global supply chains. And this is a bit that scares me. This is a bit that really drives me to come to work every day. Where are the jobs going to be mm. for our future you know, generations if we can't be part of manufacturing? Um, manufacturing, if it's not a service, you're manufacturing something. It's an important part of what a high value, high skilled country needs to be able to do. And if we don't have those skills, we're going to be relegated to low service level jobs. Yeah. And we'll be like the playground of all the rich countries. And um, we want our children to have the same lifestyle expectations that we've had. And part of that is keeping the high value jobs, being able to make things, being this, at the smart end of making those things. Mm. Um, that's what we need to do here. And the Arm Hub is really about making sure the capability that sits in our universities, our graduates, our, you know, professors mm. have influence and capability in training up in companies, their next generation, getting their graduates and everyone back into industry yeah. um, and trying to do this wide scale industrial transformation. Yeah. So we do that as part of that network across Queensland. Um, and that's really important because manufacturing, unlike maybe some other industries, can have a really important foothold in transforming regions and growing successful high value regional economies. Yeah. And I would say that Australia as a whole is putting on its bets on manufacturing to do that as mm. you know, the mining industry takes a decline over time, which is well known. Yeah. So there's a lot at stake. Yeah. And uh, we definitely want our next generation thinking manufacturing is cool. Absolutely. And I think if you can manufacture things that you can think of yeah. and those creative problem solvers and and creative thinkers coming up with really cool ideas mm. that might be the next apple iphone we don't even know yeah it's not invented yet i know it is good to watch in um companies now whether mm. it's like um you know building the next army tanks or making the next medical device yeah. or um next door making the the highest value art in the world like they're the same company that make the Oscars in the US. Like we're, we're dealing with some very cool stuff. Yeah. And so it's usually, you know, the, the ladies and the men with the high vis, you know, no collar workforce, <laughs> you know, down on the factory floor. Yeah. And that's the place to be. That's where everyone wants to be now. No, no, not up there necessarily on the design tools or the, it's, it's not a dirty, grungy, yeah. bad job. It's, it's very cool. And all the cool toys are there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, and they know how to use them yeah. and, the freedom is there now to, to make that difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you mentioned something about, um, compared to what we used to do in the industry before, what, what did advanced manufacturing and even robotics look like, let's say 30, 50 years ago? Mm, well, I think advanced, like 50 years ago, advanced manufacturing was probably your kind, your robots that would have been on the automated, um, 
like automotive industry floor, you know, they're kind of what we... The Toyota know, factories. Yeah, just, yes. you know, robots that just did one thing, you know, and, you know, they still exist. They have a role to play, but today robots are smart. They've got digital systems that help them learn about what they've got to do and say so they don't just do the one thing. Like, you know, if a one of those large robots from 50 years ago... Um, if there was a car there and it had to do a certain function, it would do it. If the car wasn't there, it would still do that function, yeah, you sure. know? So now the, <laughs> yeah. these robots have all sorts of smarts in them yeah. and uh, our our lifestyles and our industries demand that uh, we want personalized things. You might want a car with a, you know, a, a flush interior and, you know, a lower seat and a kind of, you know, nice panel across here that was all just about you. Mm. Um, like now these factory lines can make that. This that is very nice. this is this car. <laughs> um, you know, we've got to make heart stents for people, you know, that are absolutely unique and taken yep. from their from their uh, own x-rays and have to be precisely positioned in their body um, in order to be successful for their own lives. We're very good now at doing customised or personalised manufacturing. Yep. And that's the smart, dexterous capability that, that you know, modern life has compared to and in um, big the scale, does. yeah, massive scale. Yes, yeah. Awesome. I think it's more of this more ma ma mass customization, mm. high value products, personalized demand is where that where we want to go as Australia too. So to, yep. rather than this sort of mass customized, you know, race to the lowest cost on anything, mm. um, we probably won't win that race, but we will win a high value race. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Well said. Tying it back into our future generations. Mm. So the next Steve Jobs could be in one of the Queensland schools right now. Oh, yeah. What kind of skills do they need mm. if they're interested in a career pathway like this, especially within the wide array of industries within advanced manufacturing? Mm. What kind of skills does it boil down to? Yeah. Look, I would say your, it's, your STEM skills are going to get you so far and you've just kind of got to have them. And I think the next generation coming through will, will have solid yeah. literacy around data and data science. Yeah. And you're, you're very lucky, like good on you, modern schooling systems to be giving um, kids this and to take that. But it's going to be the creative element. It's going to be, what can I do with that? How can I collaborate with that? So I think um, the creativity is say, um, what is needed in the world? What is new and novel and exciting that I can contribute? Or, gee, I see this need. How can I address this need? Um, what do I bring to this? You know, design that, thinkers, basically. Yeah, so that, you're, you're perfect. <laughs> we need more of you. Yes. And um, I think the other one is being able to collaborate. Yeah. So we, as a, a you know human race and an economy and an industry, um, we can't move very fast if we can't do things together. And Unfortunately, in a way, Australian industry um, has kind of grown up in these silos where you mm. sort of, particularly for innovation, which is our core business, they'll tend to build an innovation inside their business and haven't um, had a tradition of looking out to kind of have an open innovation model. Mm -hmm. Like how can you go faster by working with others? Yeah. Um, so this is um, a culture that's been we're gradually breaking it down and the arm hub plays a really important role in that. Mm -hmm. um, but I like to explain it. If we did have the next Steve Jobs, mm. um, he could only work for one company because he's only one person. But if you collaborated with that company, you could all have a bit of Steve Jobs. Yep. <laughs> That's right? actually a very so, nice way of saying it. Um, so you want a bit of Steve Jobs. You yep. don't, you don't want to just ignore him and say he's over there and 
Mm. You know, only the Steve Jobs company gets to win. You want yep. everyone wants a bit of Steve Jobs. You've got to learn how to collaborate to go fast and to yep. to to win. We're in a we're in a, a race. Yeah, well yep. said, well said. And how do you see skills in terms of the thinking behind it? Now, I, this is an obvious mm. question. I think mm. I'm just making sure that we reiterate it mm. for the students and teachers. Mm. The tools and the technologies they're obviously an extension even within industry. They're they're enhancing the capabilities that mm. we're doing. But all the elements such as ethics and morals are underpinning mm. the decisions and the creative thinking is what's identifying the problems. How do you see the role of the human and mm. our thinking ability, especially from looking at our kids to think mm. of the mindset and the approach and then coupling the technology? How important do you think that is? We all have to be able to make decisions about what we want to bring into this world. Yeah. And... I really see the confidence in young people uh, and their education as having a very clear picture um, about what they want to see and how they want to see it, you know, from the environment to things that they want to, you know, recycling to, you know, the world that they want to contribute to. So um, being that future you want to see and figuring out your role in it and never stepping back from it. It's always going to be complex to build careers and mm. develop lives, but there is... Um, such an enormous potential. I'm one thing that I think I would have benefited from hearing as a kid. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have thought about, oh, I would be, I can be really ambitious because there's, there's so much opportunity out there. Mm. We look at Australian talent and it's absolute demand and absorption into the global economy. Um, we are like as a, a nation, we're in a race to keep our own talent. We're in a race to, you know, keep our ideas and, you know, realise them in Australia. Yeah. Um, everyone wants Australians to run their businesses. Everyone wants good, smart Australians to work um, wherever. No, go, but <laughs> come back. Or, you know, so yeah. it, there is so much opportunity. So don't be shy. Uh, one thing that happens in Australia is because our sometimes our industry isn't as deep or complex as mm -hmm. some other countries. Mm -hmm. um, it might feel like there's not much opportunity. But just keep going because there's a huge amount of opportunity. Yeah. Um, there's heaps of opportunity here, but you might, you might go and come back in it. Um, but we're in a race for your talent in the future. So um, be confident and go for it. Absolutely. And I think Australia could be the new next land of new opportunity. <laughs> well, that's, well, because we're high value, yeah. I, think, um, I think that's what we want. But, you know, Australia's got a race. Absolutely. I can't say it. I've said it enough, haven't I? <laughs> you have. What's your advice for schools and universities mm. and anyone who wants to prepare that next generation towards those elements that you've said? What's your advice for them? Yeah, because I'm so in it every day. So we work with, um, the Arm Hub works with over 15 research organisations and we have um, mostly university graduates and schooling people as we come and then you know, lecturers and professors here. So I feel like, and they're all teaching the next generation. Mm. Um, and, you know, I see in the, a lot of those young people, they're really skilled, um, but they, you know, they're still thinking, oh, what's the next future step and how do I do it? Um, I think be in the moment that you're in, take as much as you can mm -hmm. from it. And if you're an educator, um, encourage them just to, do the best you can at that time and learn what you can at that time because the depth of experience you might get from that 
on its own mm. is high value. Don't always look over there at the next technology or what's, it doesn't have to be the most modern technology to learn um, really important skills and capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And lastly, if they want to learn more about the arm hub or advanced yeah. robotics or anything that you've yeah. spoken about, how can they get in touch? Well, the Arm Hub uh, has this physical facility at Northgate in Brisbane. So if there's a, uh, a real interest in seeing uh, industry and companies try and, you know, um, integrate new technologies, solve problems, um, we're here and we, we do that regularly. We don't do a lot of schools um, engagement. We do on occasions mm -hmm. and that we welcome, welcome that. Um, but we are going to be working across Queensland and thinking about how we can work more with schools and um, bring the opportunities of doing business on the yep. ground and making that very real and realisable for um, wide audiences. Um, the other thing is we are connected to uh, a lot of the university. So at QUT, um, they have a robotics research um, centre. They often do schools tours and activities. Mm -hmm. um, they're great because they have the robots, you know, from the social robots right to the, you know, big industrial ones yep, and yep. Uh, <laughs> um, automated cars and uh, they uh, often run, uh, COVID might have interrupted a bit, but a robotics, you know, um, robotica festival. Yep. So uh, there are always opportunities there to get involved too, and we can plug people into that. Love it. Mm. Awesome. Corey, well, it's been an absolute pleasure. I love talking tech. Yeah. And um, so thank you so much. This is an absolutely brilliant facility and um, your creative thinking and actually changing the economy of Queensland is, is going a long way. So thank you so much yeah, for your time. Thank you for having me. My it's pleasure. great to be here. That's it for today's episode. Now it's time to take action and build on the learnings to get inspired. First up, jump on to rashansenanayaka.com forward slash podcast and check out the show notes, links and other relevant learning materials from this amazing episode. Next, if you learned something new today, click that subscribe button and set yourself up to receive live notifications on future episodes, as well as more opportunities to learn from our amazing guests, brands and speakers. Last but not least, it's time to have your say. Join the conversation and share your thoughts and feedback on today's episode with a review, all while joining many others with a five-star rating for Inspiring Design with Rashan Senanayaka. Till next time.